When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. There are always major stories that break over the weekend, and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today. So stay tuned for our Weekend Recap, featuring BIN News anchor Amber Payton. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Amber, it is so good to see you. How have you been these past, let's call it three, four weeks? It's been about four weeks. I've been great. How have you been? How, how have you been? I've, I've been all right, man. I'm looking forward to the new year. The holiday season is yeah. upon us. It's nice and cold. You see, I'm in my my royal coat over here. I like here, it. Trying to, trying to get warm, <laughs> trying to stay warm. So, uh, so yeah, let's get I to like the news. I like it. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, all right. First up, I know you heard about this story. Uh, there's the cop who vowed to arrest as many blacks as he could. Well, now he's... Mm-hmm blaming racism for him being fired instead of him being racist, right? So let me help you out. All right, this comes from Ross' mm-hmm. story. A former member of the Folsom Police Department in California is suing the city for racial discrimination after he was fired for sending a text message on January 19, 2020, where he pledged to, quote, arrest as many blacks as I can tomorrow to celebrate Martin Luther King Day, all right? But here's the kicker. So now... Doris is claiming that his fellow officers placed anti-Asian and racially offensive stickers on his locker that his attorneys said would destroy his morale at the beginning of each shift. The suit also alleges that a sergeant on the force would make mocking efforts at mimicking Asian accents. So again, Officer James Doris, who is of Asian descent, filed a complaint in which this person claimed that racist harassment was what led to severe emotional distress, wage loss, and loss of benefits, as well as the diminution of his lifetime pension benefits and, of course, damage to his career. So that if that ain't the pot, you know what? Let's get your thoughts, first off. So, so what, what is his definition of racism? You know what I mean? What does he think racism you, is? You feel me? Does it, does it only apply, it doesn't apply to, 
to African to blacks. It doesn't apply to us because he did it in celebration of. He said, "I'm going to arrest as many blacks as I can in celebration of Martin Luther King Day." Right. That's not even a day that you should. That, that's it's for us to celebrate. Right. What are you and, celebrating? And and him to celebrate too. I mean, I, what, but I, what do you think? But, but what what is his definition? I would love to know his definition of racism. So you know what? I, I obviously I can't answer that, but what right. I think. I think that his definition of racism, uh, it it only exists if the people in power <laughs> are affecting him, and he probably doesn't see himself as a person in a position of power with that gun and that badge affecting other people in that way. And so it's a very one sided view, and that's why you know, kind of the the pot calling the kettle black sort of yes. thing. But um, you know, I'm I'm sort of happy. You know, and rarely am I happy to see someone like meet their demise, but I'm happy that this happened because I think that the more stories like this that come out that show that not only are officers outright racist, but they right. come from a framework that upholds racial superiority often enough for white people um, in this yeah. country. And on the bottom of that, hierarchy is black people i think that this shows that it's not just us now there is officers saying look i'm not the only one these guys are racist too and that's really what they're they're thinking the city is thinking this too because it feels very retaliatory i think that's the right way to say that retaliatory is that am i getting that right it sounds yeah. right it anyway sounds right. <laughs> that's uh that's kind of their take on it and so um not sure what will come of it but this is the story. So uh, obviously we'll keep watching it. And if there are any new developments, yeah. we will be sure to share them. Now, uh, this one is is big around here. Kiki Palmer's ex. <laughs> this guy. So um, his name is uh, Darius Jackson for the uninitiated. He says that he repented and got baptized amid abuse claims. So this comes from The Independent. The Hustlers actress was recently granted a restraining order against her ex-partner. And he's now claimed... He is putting his trust and entire life in God and that saving himself was the final step. Darius also claims he's not allowed to say a lot of things seemingly due to legal reasons. In a lengthy post on Instagram, he wrote, quote, there is a lot that I can say, but not allowed to say. And at this point, I don't even want to say it. I will say, however, that God is and will always be your greatest ally. I have put my trust, patience, timing and entire life into him so that I can continue to get through the days. Lord Jesus has been with me throughout and has strengthened me, but strengthened with an N, <laughs> to the point where I am continuing to push forward and not looking back. He's surrounded me with friends and family that have always been there, as well as sending me love from many individuals who have reached out. And for that, I thank you. Extremely blessed to have, re to have repent and be baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus. But the work doesn't stop. There is so much I have to do in order to be fulfilled. Saving myself was the first step. So you probably clocked this story a lot closer than I did. What are your thoughts on him now being baptized and repented and born again and Holy Ghost filled and rolling in the aisles? I have two thoughts. Okay, My first thought is... <laughs> um, I... 
there's a phrase. My mom always said this phrase, let go and let God, right? Sure. So if you are, if you have repented and you are working with God to fix your abusive ways, because we saw the video, mm-hmm. then let it go. Why are you still speaking on it? So when he made that yeah. comment, there is a lot and he said a lot in all caps. There is right. a lot that I can say, but I'm not allowed to. That still feels like you're holding something over her. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe, maybe God's not finished working with you yet. Hey, it's a process. <laughs> but <laughs> but that doesn't feel like like that. That message felt very much like damage control and not genuine. Sure. Um, and so in all transparency, speaking as someone who has been through domestic violence, this isn't. You know, this, it, it, it just does, it's not going to do anything. I think he's like, why did it take now? Why did it take a restraining order? You not being able to see your son, you not being, having any access to Kiki. Why did it take now for you to say, okay, maybe I need to go get some help. Um, And what other help are you getting? It just feels like he's trying to improve his image, but not actually improve himself. Sure. And that's, I think that, that I'm of a similar mind. I'll, I'll be entirely transparent i'm not intimately familiar with the personal relationship of kiki palmer and her ex-partner um but what really stands out to me in this situation in situations like this is that you know a lot of times people have it's like base right when things are overwhelming they will go to rehab base sex addiction okay i went to rehab base right I feel like I got this from like maybe a Dave Chappelle or somebody like that. But this feels like base too. You know, when things are kind of welling up and you Uh feel like you're under attack, you might use religion in the same way. Base. Okay. And then what I didn't see, and maybe he, maybe he said this in another post, but what I didn't see here is an apology or nor did I see anything that felt like it was apologetic in nature. Okay. Now, that in and of itself is not the be all and end all, because, again, I could have missed that. But typically, when somebody is adopting this posture, there is an apology that accompanies it, accompanies it. Right. Or to some degree, they accept responsibility for what it is that they did. Or on the other side of it, they may well um, suggest Here's what I'm doing in addition to Jesus, right? That's, Jesus. What, that's what I said. What else are you doing? Yes. Right. And, and so that's why I, I, was, I feel like we're in agreement because here, here, yes. here's, I'm, I'm going to church and I'm taking some time or, and I'm going to this place or, and I'm seeing a therapist or, and I'm reading new books or, and I'm, and something else. And there's it doesn't feel as hollow now again far be it for me to state another man's brief i have no idea if he's doing those things but if you're going to come out and say it in an order in an attempt to be right strategic and damage control and all that sort of stuff you don't want holes in it because you know, you recognize that the world is looking at you like you're an abusive man right and so you need to, yeah. you know what I mean? And so when you, when you just look, when it just looks like, okay, I'm on base, you can't say anything else. Uh, to me, it feels a little thin, inauthentic. And, 
Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that I got the worst optics on him. I hope I'm hoping that he's doing everything that he needs to do because obviously that's what we want. But I think you 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 spelled it out for us when he put "There's a lot I could say" in caps. It it he lost a lot of the momentum that he failed to start because it was at the beginning. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Well, and so the other part because I know you said that you're not you know fully intimate with this story. I have followed this mm-hmm. story. Yeah, I believe for quite it. some time. Just days before he came out and said this, he's now accusing her of abuse. Now, we haven't seen that video, but we have seen you dragging her through her home. Yeah. We have seen you with your fist going to her face. We've seen that Mm. in front of your baby. We haven't seen if there's some other videos. And I hate that Kiki wanted to keep this so private because she didn't release any of this. Somebody went digging and found this. She was trying to handle it privately. That's how it should be handled. But you're coming to social media saying, hey, I'm talking to the Lord now, which is great. I always encourage it. But what else are you doing? And it just, it it doesn't, it doesn't feel genuine to me. You know, and there's, there's something else to be said too about, because I know there's some people that are going to look and say like, you know, I can do all things through Christ or the, you know, the Lord is the the great redeemer and all those things. And then, you know, that, that those are very sensible things um, right. to consider. Right. Absolutely. I would not deny that at all, but I think that what fits right here to help like further make my point is there's kind of like a parable or a tale that happens. Um, I, I come across it from time to time and just in life. And it's about a, sailor who ends up shipwrecked on an island right he's a, he's a religious sailor right and he's on this island and he's like starts praying lord can you get me off this island and then uh i don't know a boat rolls by it's like hey buddy do you need help and then he's like no 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 i'm i'm praying god's gonna save me right so he keeps going and then the second boat comes by hey you know you need some help man we can get you off the island he's like no don't worry about it god's gonna save me third boat comes by same thing God's going to save me. Don't worry about it. Then he ends up dying on the island, goes to heaven, talks to God. God's like, well, I sent three boats for you, right? Right. So I think that that helps illustrate the point that God, prayer, faith, religion, in addition to taking advantage of real world (laughs) uh, elements that are available to you to, to help, you know, you to remedy your circumstances or fix your situation, whatever it is, um, those things typically work in tandem um and seldom do we see god bless us through just coming down from heaven into our living room and blessing us you know a lot of times yeah. people with that degree of faith you know uh we ha- we hear those stories and they're great but i think the same book said, tells us that faith without works is dead so you got to do a little work too homie that's exactly so, what I was about to right say. There. Like you can have faith, but you got to put the work, you got to put the yeah, work in. There you too. go. Like you, you go. and that you have to meet him halfway. That's just, right. that's how it goes. And the last thing that I would want to say about it is, you know, no, he has not apologized yet, but are it's like the equivalent of, are you sorry that you got caught or are you sorry because you did it and now you really feel bad about it? Mm. Are you going to get help because you got caught and we see you for who you are? Mm. Or are you going to get help because you know that you have a problem and you need to fix it? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest 
Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. BIN News anchor Amber Payton is here with us discussing the weekend's major stories. Florida school holds segregated assembly to give black students a tongue lashing. All right. This comes from the Associated Press, Bunnell, Florida. All right. Florida school district officials apologized Thursday for an elementary school assembly in which black students were singled out for a presentation on low test scores. Officials at Flagler County's school district in northeastern Florida said at a news conference that the assembly at Bunnell Elementary School was a horrible, horrific mistake that shouldn't have happened and that the school's principal had been put on paid administrative leave pending an investigation. Uh, Quote, the Flagler School Board does not support segregation, said Cheryl Massaro, the school board's chair. Bunnell's, uh, sorry, Bunnell Elementary staff members last Friday pulled black fourth and fifth graders out of their regularly scheduled activities to attend a PowerPoint presentation about low standardized test scores. The presentation led by two black teachers noted that black students had underperformed on standardized tests for the past three years. They also discussed how students with higher grades had a better chance of going to college, while those with lower grades had a higher chance of going to jail, getting shot or getting killed. Parents told the Daytona Beach News Journal. Although there was no intended malice involved, the assembly was carried out in a way that doesn't reflect the district's values. This, according to Ms. Moore, the interim superintendent, as stated in a video posted to the district's website. So what is your take on this situation? I'm curious because I. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to wait. 
What's your take on this situation? I hate that we are, they are, not we, that they are um, putting these little babies through that. You know, these are innocent children and already they don't know that they're experiencing, you know, racism and they don't they don't know any of that. But this article also says that there were white students with low test scores as well. Why were they not included in the assembly? Mm -hmm. Why were it was just an assembly for black students with low test scores? And then you have their peers that had higher test scores as an example of what you should be doing. But this could have been a school wide initiative it's like like honor roll when you celebrate the good the ones that did great and instead they they're now enticing these students to improve their their scores and if they do better they'll get fast food okay one then we're going to complain later that these kids are obese Mm. um two back in my day which really makes me sound old and i don't think i'm old (laughs) back in my day in, in elementary school um when we would get good grades We'd win stuff like a limousine ride to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm. And and I, I had great grades, not to brag, had great grades. I was always <laughs> in the limousine, Go always. Ahead. Or we would do, um, if whoever had the highest scores, and I did it, I did this every year in elementary school, mm-hmm. You would, they would bring this money pit and it would blow, you had 60 seconds to catch as much money as you could. You know, at nine, 10 years old, a dollar was like a hundred dollars. You felt yeah, rich. Balling. I would catch <laughs> 10 or $15. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but that was my reward for doing so good in school. And I knew it was coming every year. So I would want to do even better every year. Like that's, you know, a little friendly, healthy competition saying, Hey, we'll give you fast food. If you get better grades, I I, I don't like, I didn't like any of this. I didn't like what we, what they were, um, how they separated these students. I didn't like how they said the students who perform well would get fast food. I don't like any of it. I don't like any. And did you hold something separate for the white students with low test scores too? That's what I want to know. So here's a couple of things that I'm not intimately familiar with. I don't know if this is a, uh, I don't know the racial composition of the, this, this Flagler school, right? Right. What stood out to me is that, this presentation for the benefit of the black students was led by two black teachers. Okay. So I feel like I understand in principle what it was, at least the two black teachers were trying to accomplish by saying to the, to the students, the black students, you know, in terms of that taking place in that room, um, Mm -hmm. that feels like, Something that maybe a teacher might want to do to to motivate students or to explain to them why these tests matter and, and that you need to study. And these are very important. These shape outcomes. These inform your path forward, whatever. Um, what I don't quite understand is mm-hmm. if there were white students like you, you, this was to your point, why they weren't included. Um, how many white students were there? If this was, because again, if this is a primarily composed, uh, this school district is primarily composed of black students. Um, and there's not a lot of white students that live in the area that attend the school that qualify for this, then it may be easier to have a closed door conversation 
or these students specifically. Um, you know, when you get a little older, you go off to college and then there are organizations, even in high school, there are organizations, Black Student Union, um, you know, uh, Mecha, these sorts of programs, right, where you're able to have conversations about issues that are affecting you, you and your community and the people that look like yes. you and the public perception of people that look like you. And you can have those conversations openly and honestly and fully um, without other ears listening, because as soon as someone who is not black ends up listening, you have to account for that person's sensibilities, their racial sensibilities. You know, uh, if you say, hey, you know, you, you can paint with broad strokes. Hey, you know, white folks is looking at us. Right. Mm -hmm. When they're in the room, you have to say, well, some white people are looking at us, which kind of is is accurate. It's more accurate, to be fair, right. but it also is less impactful. You know what I mean? Uh, and maybe that's not the best example, but you understand what I'm trying to communicate here is that communication um, and the intensity of that communication is probably what they were hoping for to be effective with kind of motivating these students and saying, hey, listen, you have an opportunity here to change, you know, what's going on in Bunnell uh, or in, yeah, in Bunnell, Florida. <laughs> um, maybe we can elevate, we can build, we can create, but it starts with you taking these tests seriously. Um, right. So that part, I don't know. And I, I really don't know how it was executed, but what I, what I see here is something I've kind of pushed back against for some time, which is cancel culture. Right. Um, rather than getting a fuller explanation from the school board, what I'm seeing is they're just kind of jumping on the grenade. Hey, look, we're very sorry. This is segregation. You know, that's not a word that I'm sure was in their brain when they were like, OK, we're going to segregate the students, right. all of them by race. We're going to have the Asian right. students, give them a specific assembly and the white students and the, the Latino students and black students. Um, that to me feels a little bit more like that. Or, you know, if it's white and black, we're going to have a white assembly too, because then that's textbook right. segregation, right? If yeah. you have one set, right. one regular assembly, and then you have a delineated assembly led by black instructors to speak to the cultural relevance of how these test scores can, can shape outcomes yeah. and how these things are necessary. I could see that being kind of twisted by a sort of mob mentality that exists online, this sort of bully culture we live in that underscores cancel culture. Um, and then these folks being made to buckle. But the fact is, is that there are systems in place. Believe me, I know there are white supremacist systems that shape realities just like this from, you know, this could very well be the legacy of redlining in Florida, right? Which was written into law to disproportionately affect black wealth and still does today, which again, in, in turn informs how much school districts have and how much parents have and who can go to a preschool and get a head start in the education and on and on and on. And all of these things yeah. shape outcomes, right? So that very well could right. be the case here. But in order to remedy that, you might need to have conversations like this to either explain, here's what test scores are, here's what got us into this situation, or here's what we can do to change it. And right. for, again, that cancel culture, bully mentality that exists online, that mob mentality to then come down onto the school board and say, 
oh, this is segregation. You're making the black students feel bad, which again, that may be the truth. I don't know the intimate details of this. All I know is what I'm reading here. But to me, I feel like we need space for both, right? You, right. There can be a such thing as too much embarrassing students, you know, segregation, all these things can exist. And I haven't seen that that is what this is. Um, and the other side is we do need to have conversations that are separate, that sometimes are just for the benefit of black people and sometimes for the benefit of all people that center black people so that our allies can understand what it is that we're dealing with, that they can support us. And for us to be afraid to have one version of those conversations, I mean, we're only getting the conversation that is watered down, that is less effective, that penetrates less deeply into our culture and into our problems. And I worry that we might be leading the effort against ourselves because mm -hmm. these are two black teachers who are sure. trying to to help us, which are the black students. Right. And so that's the thing where I'm like, oh, this gets a little tricky. Now, I'll say before I end my rant, <laughs> there are people who know a lot <laughs> more than I do. And I am in no way an authority, but based on what I'm reading, it feels like I wish that they would have been able to offer more in the way of an explanation before simply apologizing right. because it seemed like they were trying to fix something. And a couple of people used a couple of words that were very scary. And then because cancel culture exists, everyone just dove on the grenade. Mm -hmm. Finally, Damson Idris takes aim at black men's quote, unprovoked hatred for black women. All right. The snowfall star took to Instagram to express his disgust for the unprovoked hatred he's noticed toward young stars. Quote, I see so much unprovoked hatred toward black, black women today by predominantly grown black men. This, according to his Instagram, he goes on to say, especially toward our young stars that are just trying to do their thing. The compulsion to humble these women perhaps makes you feel like more of a man. I promise you, you aren't men to us. A new year is approaching. Grow up. So, your take. This beautiful black man is not wrong, is my take. Mm. You know, I see a lot of women on social media, uh, and I don't know if I would take it as far, but I see it a lot. Women saying they black men, they really hate us. Okay. And I don't necessarily know if, if, if all, you know, I don't think all black men hate us, but I think that um, just the times that we are living in, it doesn't feel like we we used to be in this. There was a a moment where we were in the protect black women, oh, and yeah. that was more so. For, no, we still in that women. moment over here. I don't know. <laughs> See, but not not all, not all. I, I don't know who they are, but I know over here that's what you gonna get. All right, but go ahead. No, let me throw you off. James is talking to, black to the too. ones that are not. <laughs> James is talking to the ones that are not. Okay. In that they're not in that mindset anymore. Yeah. And so, and I'll give you an example. The other day, a man approached me. He was, you know, can I get your number? Mm. The answer was always going to be no. I'm not in a space where I want to date right now. Right. Okay. Um, and so he said, well, what do you do? And I told him what I do. You know, I, I do. I anchor the news. I do music radio. Oh, you have to flex I'm with iHeart. Okay. What well, you asked me what I do. I mean, he, and he and normally it. I'll just say I'm in media. No, I'll just leave it I'm in media, but he wanted me to kind of it, it, get a little more detail. So I did. As you should. As and he said, should. Oh no, you're too you're too bougie for me. I oh, what? Wow. It was an immediate immediate no. Didn't even want my number anymore. And I'm like, wow. Like I'm just I'm a woman who's doing great. 
I had a career. It took yeah. me 10 years to get here. And and I worked hard for this. How How is it because I'm successful, I'm too bougie? But why is it not, I love seeing a black woman thing. It just doesn't feel, it feels like so many men want to humble. And I think Jameson said this, they want to humble women, but you can't humble an already humble person. I can't get any more humble than I already am. Right. <laughs> you can't. Um, and so it's weird. It doesn't feel like we're always being uplifted as black women by our black men anymore. I don't feel that. The Jameson, a lot of people think that he's alluding to, Lori was just in Inglewood yeah. prior to him posting that. And yeah. she posted up with another young lady, uh, one of the employees at a restaurant that she visited. And the comments were all, oh, this other girl is eating Lori up. Oh, 10 out okay. of 10. So uh, the com- immediately comparing, because, you know, Lori is the woman that gets all the men. All of the men and (laughs) all of the fine men at that. And so a lot of ladies may just feel a certain way about that. But they were just knocking Lori down. And I think they were both beautiful women. I think they're both beautiful women. I think there's room for two at minimum. So... All right. At well, minimum. There you go. <laughs> at minimum. Right. Exactly. So we'll we'll leave it there. I appreciate that perspective. It certainly does clean up things a bit. Um, with that in mind, uh, you, of course, can find these and more stories at BINnews.com. As always, I'd like to thank you very much for your insight and your support. Once again, today's guest is BIN News anchor Amber Payton. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.